0: Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com.
1: The works he gave us to do is you are the arms of Jesus. You're the hands and feet of Jesus. You're the mouth of Jesus to bring his love and his truth. You're the arms of Jesus to hug right? You're the feet to bring a meal to help those in need, right? So, what I want you to understand, if you'll receive this, I believe this is from the Lord, that somebody or all of us need to hear that your place right now, where you are, is not insignificant, and it's not inconsequential, okay? So, no matter if you have whatever your work is or whatever you go and do, or if you feel like, I, what, I, I have no, what is the consequence of my work? I'm not in ministry. I'm not, you know, prison ministry or all of these things. You understand every person that you come in contact with, you are the hands and feet and the mouth of Jesus Christ to love them. And you've been equipped with every spiritual blessing to do that. So that's wonderful, right? But you might say, right, is like, well, I don't feel equipped. I know I've been equipped, but, um, okay, you're telling me I'm equipped, but how am I equipped, right? So how does that unfold? You know, I think there's a big part of it. If we're just waiting to go out before we feel that we have 100% equipping, that's not how we're going to get equipped, we don't get equipped by just sitting passively. We do get strengthened and equipped by being still and silent before the Lord. We have to have that. But if we never take that step to go out, to take that risk, to listen to the Lord, Lord, where will you have me go today? Always having your radar tuned. Lord, who would you have me encourage with your, with your love, with, your, with a prophetic word, even if it's just, hey, I hope you have a really good day. Or hey, you did great. Yeah. That's prophecy. That's a prophetic word. But if we just wait, if we stand back out of fear and never step out, we're never going to be fully equipped, right? I mean, I, I think of Moses, right? When Moses was leading the Israelites, right? And he came up to the Red Sea. Did he feel equipped? Did he feel equipped to do all those things? Or at that moment, the Lord told him, here's how I will part the waters. And if he hadn't have stepped out, that wouldn't have happened. So beloved, I just want to encourage you that that evangelism and this is from an evangelist heart, right? And evangelism, man, there are few words I think that can create such fear in a believer as evangelism. So sort you're of like, oh, uh, oh, no, thank you. I'm not going to be that guy that's that's uh, weird. Please, God, no, don't do that. Well, I think evangelism. Too late. <laughs> I think we've really missed a lot of what evangelism is, right? Because evangelism, evangelism isn't being that loud, brash, annoying, in-your-face type person, right? Evangelism is every day walking with the Father, looking for that person that needs to hear the heart of Jesus, that needs to see that the Father still loves you. It's not too late for you. You are still beloved. You are still accepted. The Lord has given you a hope. He has given you a future. You are the mouthpiece of Jesus, he has given you to your friends. He's given you to your enemies. He's given you to your neighbor, and he's given you to your coworker. And that's good news. That's good news. And there is grace for today to screw it up. There's grace for today to, to kind of miss it, right? Yeah, but his grace, his grace is more than enough. So I want to encourage you in that today that where you are, Ephesians, right, For the good works which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Where you are today, the Lord has prepared before your feet ever touched this planet. He prepared this for you. He prepared it for you. So receive, beloved. Receive every spiritual gifting. Right? And the other piece I want to encourage you in as you move in that. So I think that's good for some. Um, to encourage, to step out. And for others where we are, I think it's important that as we do that, we don't have our own, our own idea of what an outcome should look like, okay? So let me, let me unpack that a minute. Um, I'm walking through this big time in my uh, journey, in my life. Uh, most of you know I work full-time uh, in a funeral home which is the absolute best job in the world. I absolutely love it. It's a hard job, and it's the best job in the world. I get to hold the place of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of heaven in some very, very, very difficult, dark places, and it's very challenging, but that's the grace I've been given to do. So what's, what's tough about that, right, What's tough about that? So, you might think, well, it's obvious to see what your <clears throat> uh, good work set to do is, but what's tricky about that is it could be easy to get discouraged in that I have the, the privilege and the honor of being able to pray for a lot of families, to be with families when they're in their such freshness of the worst time of their life, when they've just lost a person. And I get to pray with them, sometimes out loud, sometimes just in my spirit, and pray for them. And, and my my first prayer from my place is, Lord, comfort them and assuage their grief, help them, help their grief to subside. That prayer doesn't get answered, right? Or at least I don't see it get answered. I've yet to see somebody be like, oh my gosh, suddenly I'm not sad anymore. Suddenly I don't feel bad. Like, it doesn't work that way, right? Grief is something the Lord has before us so that we could find Him in it. And if that just gets taken then there's something beautiful, possibly, that they'll miss out on. But if I'm just praying that they'll feel better and that doesn't happen, then it's easy for me to think, Lord, you're not moving, right? So, in my job, whether I'm praying for the living or in my job, if I'm caring for the deceased, there have been times, a number of times, um, caring for a deceased person, a young person, and I've prayed, Lord, This is so tragic. This is so, there's so much injustice here. Raise them from the dead. So I've prayed for people to be raised from the dead, right, before being cremated, right? Hasn't happened yet. Believe me, when it does, you will know about it. (laughs) Hasn't happened yet, and that's okay. That's okay, right? So kind of the picture here, caring for a deceased person before cremation, doing the things Asking the Lord, okay, God, help me find you in this moment. Help me find you in this place and where you are in this place. And me feeling like this person needs to come alive. You need to come alive. And so speaking the life of Christ and the blood of Jesus and resurrection power, laying my hands on this deceased person, praying for them to come alive, and it hadn't happened yet. That's okay. That's all right. Okay, so it's like, Lord, all right that's what I want, but what do you want? Where are you moving here? Okay, help me to not have my own thoughts being in the way because your thoughts are higher and your ways are higher, right? So what that typically turns into is as putting the person in the crematory is I get to bless them. I get to bless their spirit. I get to bless their spirit, that they find perfect love, that they find the light of Christ, and bless them on their journey into eternity, and that they would find peace and comfort. And I don't understand all the theology around that, but I know there's probably nothing wrong with blessing another spirit to find Jesus Christ as they enter into eternity. So I get to do that, right? The challenge is having not seen somebody's grief assuaged or the dead risen yet. It's easy to think, God, you're not, you're not moving. You're not moving anywhere. I I don't see this happening. And the thing that the Lord this week kind of what's been, um, I've been walking in, and the nugget that the Lord wanted, I think, to articulate is that it's important that we don't have our expected outcome be the standard we use to determine if the Lord is moving or not. All right? Let me say that again. It's important that we don't have our own expected outcome be the standard that we use to determine if the Lord is moving or not. Because I promise you he's moving. He's moving. He's always moving. He's always bringing his kingdom. He's always revealing his son. He's always establishing his heart here in this place. But if we're looking for it over here, but he's doing it over here, we'll miss it. So the prayer is, God, show me where you're moving, right? And then to be encouraged in this, right? I remember, do you guys remember when Chad Dedman was here? Do you remember that? Like a couple years ago or something? And he was when he was a youth pastor. Man, one thing I remember he said that was like, ah, that was so good. And it was from the Lord, so duh, of course it's good. When he was moving into evangelism, because he has an evangelist heart also, and he was evangelizing and praying and not seeing a lot happen. And the Lord told him, son i want you to look i want you to look at how the jews farm it's like say what study how the jews farm do you guys remember this was anybody here for that do you remember this it was so good so what he studied what he learned is that the sowers of the seeds they go out and they scatter they scatter they scatter their seed and some falls on fertile soil but they don't necessarily see it immediately some falls on the rocky places but what the lord said is how they do it. One goes ahead, scatters the seed, and then the plowman comes behind and plows it under. And he said, Chad, understand every seed you sow, all of heaven comes behind you and plows that in. And it's not your job to make it work. It's not your job to make it happen. It's not your job to convince, to prove, to win an argument, to be right. It's just your job to be Christ to, your, to the person standing right next to you and love them and bless them and pray for them and even pray for them out loud sometimes, knowing knowing all of heaven is going behind, plowing that under, right? It's a good word, right? Isn't that beautiful? So I just want to encourage you guys this morning, let's actually, uh, Mark, if you want to start maybe playing a little bit, we'll just do communion together um, here in just a second. Um, and what I'd like for us to do this morning is, as we have the elements, let's understand first and foremost, where you are right now is not insignificant, and it's not inconsequential. It's not an accident. This is what the Lord has predestined you to do, the work, your sphere to be in. And understand as you step into that, as you now look for places in your, where you are now, instead of looking far off, like, oh man, one day I hope to go to the nations. That's great. What about where am I right now? Lord, where have you put me right now? At school, at work, at the market, wherever. And how can I be the feet and the arms that hug of Jesus right now where I am? There's no insignificant person or inconsequential person in this room, right? Right? So as we have the elements here in just a minute, receive that, right? And as we receive Christ's body broken for us, and as we receive his blood that redeems us and restores us to him, let's also take it knowing that through the blood of Jesus, we have been given all spiritual blessings, right? And Lord, show us how to Show us where and how to flow with you in our everyday life. And understand the beauty of evangelism is it's not your job for an outcome. That's heaven's job. It's the Holy Spirit's job. Your job is to love. Is to love your neighbor, to love your enemies, to love your friends, to have that grace that the Lord will give you and has given you to go into the places that seem unsavory, or hard. He will give you that. He's given you that. So, let's, let's stand up. Let's grab the elements.
2: Hey, Mike. But, you know, He shows us how to do um, what is impossible to do. Sometimes, um, when we're willing to do what we're not qualified to do. That's kind of what qualifies you. So I'll say that again. So when you're willing to do what you're not qualified to do, that's actually what qualifies you. So it's this strange mystery that that is part of the kingdom that the command is almost in the in the in the word. So when God When God commands us to do something, he empowers that command in our lives. So he kind of creates capacity in the word. Does that make sense? He creates capacity in the word. So when he says do something, the command is given, but he creates capacity in that word. He empowers you to do it. He qualifies you to do it, right? Amen.
0: He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. (laughs)
2: Thanks.
0: So a few weeks ago, um, the Lord was gracious enough to have me confront a spirit of fear in my own life an actual spirit that had been really getting to me and as the power of the spirit came in to overcome this spirit I could sense it getting smaller and smaller and angrier and angrier it was filled with impotent rage and the Holy Spirit said to me fear is afraid When you feel fear, it's because the enemy is afraid of God's intention and that's his weapon is to make you afraid to step out. So when we feel that fear of stepping out, the question is, what are you afraid of? What's God going to do if I go ahead and, and I'm obedient here?
1: just a sliver of your the totality of your love. We just see a sliver of it. God, we don't see all of your love. And you fill us with just a drop of, of which is a magnitude for us. <clears throat> but you give us all things. It's a mystery. you that you love us and you've deemed us worthy to go be your hands and be your feet to be your arms to hug and your mouth to bless so Lord as we spend time with you in this moment Lord help us to see that you've equipped us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And help us to see the work that you've predestined us to do, that we get to do with you. It's not like you're sending us out on some solo mission to, well, hope you don't screw up, see you later. But you're with us every step of the way. All of heaven is with us, and we're with each other, and we're with you, and you've already won. So we just get to love people and love you. You've done all the hard work, Lord. So Lord, in in each person's time, when they take the body and the blood, Lord, Lord, it's an outward symbol of remembering your crucifixion, your death acknowledge you are the risen King, you've given us all things, and make it personal this morning, God, showing us where you've planted our feet, and that it's your pleasure to partner, to work together we don't frustrate you. We just get to work beside you as you smile and as you help and as you say, hey, you're doing great, well done. Let me help you. You're not angry, you're not far off, but you're near and you're warm and you're kind. Hold it all. So I bless you, vine life, and the knowledge that you have a good God. God is good towards you. He smiles over you. He loves you. He's happy with you. He doesn't just put up with you but you make him smile and laugh. You delight him. So we receive your spirit this morning again. Bless your name, Lord.